No book of the Bible is so controversial, so polarizing, and yet so Christ-centered as the book of Revelation. And yet Christians the world over often have issues with it. One, they don't understand the meaning, so they avoid it altogether. Or two, they focus on it so much that end-time predictions get the best of them. Well, on this episode of the Great Stories Podcast, I want to encourage you to take a look at the Bible's final book through the eyes of someone who has not only memorized it word for word, but someone who regularly performs it in a dramatic way. You're especially blessed if what you hear or read, you heed, you mm-hmm. obey. Yes. That's the major blessing. And so I thought, you know, I could, uh, I could be that voice that reads the scriptures to them and do it in, in a, such a way where it would be palatable to the listener mm-hmm. and they would just get it. That was Karen Heimbach. And as war continues in Ukraine and many people begin to wonder, how long, O oh Lord? I want to return to my interview with her in 2009. Just as the church in the first century was encouraged by the Apostle John's prophetic letter, it's my prayer that this conversation will be an encouragement to you too, as we constantly live in uncertain times. So let's get started. This is Haven Today, and the program is called Coming Soon, and I want to give a special welcome to a good friend of mine here in the studio, Karen Heimbach. Charles, it's so great to be with you. I heard you two years ago, and I came up to you afterwards, and I even called you in another state. I was so encouraged and blessed by what you were doing. You had a dream. Tell us what that dream was. Well, I was just reading through the scriptures, um, as we all do for our daily devotions, and by this time I had gotten to the book of Revelation, and I started reading the book, and of course we all know what the Bible says, but uh, there's a lot of it, so when you're reading it, it's good to be reminded of these things, as Peter says. But anyway, I was just got into the book, and the third verse says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. That really struck you then. That really struck me, because I knew that there was a special blessing on the book of Revelation, but I needed to be reminded of it. Yes. And it goes on to say that if you don't read or you can't read, at least listen to someone who does, who mm-hmm. can read it to you. Mm-hmm. You're especially blessed if what you hear or read, you heed you mm-hmm. obey. Yes. That's the major blessing. And so I thought, you know, I grew up in church. And right. I was saved when I was six years old. And, mm-hmm. and I've heard, I don't know how many sermons I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know that, unfortunately, or ironically, the Christians feel either not smart enough to understand all the theological mm-hmm. implications. And so they're fearful of the book that way because they don't think they're smart enough to understand. Mm-hmm. Or two, they feel that it's a book of doom and gloom rather than praise and worship of and the hope. one who's revealed. That's right. Yes. And hope, especially for the end. So I thought I could, uh, I could be that voice that reads the scriptures to them and do it in, in a, such a way where it would be palatable to the listener mm-hmm. and they would just get it. Now, we're, we're going to roll forward a little quickly now. We'll come back, though, later on. But uh, you ended up going to London. Yes. And the Lord just opened some doors here. Marvelous doors. So you were able to uh, secure the London Symphony Orchestra. Yes, yes. Behind you. 
Yes, about 85 or 86 piece orchestra. In the Abbey Road Studios. Yes. My. You know, God's Word is excellent. I mean, and he's deserving of the very best. And this was something that the composer and myself and the executive producer, we all wanted to see God's Word given its rightful place. And so we wanted to... Well, to do all that we could. Karen, you are so right. I mean, most of us have read through the Revelation more than once. Yeah. It's one thing to read through it. It's one thing to read through it aloud, but it's one thing to hear it yes. in the context of what uh, you've done with it. Yeah. And maybe we should just do that. Yeah. Why don't we start at the beginning? Chapter one, okay. Revelation. This is the London Symphony Orchestra underneath Karen Heimbuck. Let's listen. before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion, in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. 
His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold! you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Karen Heimbach, I'm not even able to catch my breath here wow. at this point. Praise God. Chapter 1, Revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a story. We just don't think of it in terms of drama, but it really is oh, yes. drama. Oh, yes. Of all the books in the Bible, God the Father says, please read this book. Mm-hmm. Read mm-hmm. this. This is the one because it reveals his son, Jesus Christ, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And what we're hearing there is uh, not just your reading of the scriptures, and the London Symphony yes, Orchestra, but right. we're also hearing some other people. I, I know uh, there's background, there's uh, sound effects that have been brought in this, yes. and all the Haven musicians, Steve yes. Ragsdale, yes. all the guys, and, and I think you had a studio call out for about every Christian musician in Hollywood, I think. Uh, it was a huge session that helped with session. the sound effects and yes. the, the background vocals then, yes. too. It all adds to it, and I feel like I'm I'm seeing some grand movie in IMAX or something. That's exactly unfold. the kind of feel that uh, we wanted to elicit, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like an epic film score. Wow. All right. Well, I said we'd go back a little bit, so now's the time. I think we should do that, Karen. Karen Heimbuck, if you've just joined us, was doing a reading with musical background of... Revelation 1, and uh, we'll tell you how to get it later on, but uh, you've done this whole project, and it's on two CDs, the entire book of Revelation, and uh, you've obviously memorized the book of Revelation, too. Yes, I have. How long does it take to go all the way through? It takes about 83 minutes. Okay, so it's not very long at all, then. No, not really. Even though, as we said a while ago, the book is a bit intimidating, but how did you get started? How, even before you ever thought this could be released as an album project, Mm -hmm. how did you start? When I was reading through Revelation, as I mentioned earlier, for for my devotions that particular day, Uh God just put it into my heart to memorize the entire book. And so by the end of that summer, I had completed the entire book. But I knew that eventually I would want to be able to do the whole book and not just portions of it. I would like to do the whole book in public. And how could I do that and keep the attention of the audience or the congregation that was listening? If you just read it or if you just spoke it with nothing in the background, it wouldn't hold people's attention probably. Not, not at, in the world we live exactly, in today. Exactly, exactly. Not as well as we would like. And so because I'm a musician as well, I would love to hear music to it, but I didn't want to pick music that 
you would recognize it would already have words to, say, for instance, hymns or Throwing choruses. some hymns in, yes. Right. And then you would be thinking of those words. As, as opposed to the words of the book of Revelation. Precisely. Okay. So I chose classical music All to right. back me up and to lift up and enhance magnify, as it were, what the Word is saying. And you had been on the road, I think, for a number of years with an evangelistic team. Mm -hmm. So you were doing music that kind of had gotten you ready for doing this Revelation project, hadn't you? I would take Bible stories that had already been written. Catherine Marshall has a great story Bible for children. And I would take uh, some of her stories, and then I would put sound effects to it with my... uh, DX7 and All right. just had a great early time. Days synth the early there. days since when it was still brand new, synth, okay. you know, and people loved it, not just the kids, but the adults loved it too. So I've always had this great appreciation for trying to capture the, the essence or the literal sense. So if it says, if the scripture says there's thunder and lightning, then I want to give you thunder and lightning. So right. you feel like you're right there. Too many times we will read the Bible, and especially the book of Revelation, and we will take it for a symbolic book. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that a nice mm-hmm. allegory? No. But we if should it take says it, thunder, we should hear thunder, We too. should. We're much safer if we will we'll take the Word of God literally, unless it's obviously symbolic. You right. know? And so that's the approach and that And even that though I there are symbols in Revelation, oh, yes, the fact symbols. is there is so much there that can enter our senses if yes. we just hear it yes. and with music. And yes. then when you hear it, of course, word. your imagination flies away and, and you can see it happening. When you hear the thunder, you can see the lightning. You can mm-hmm. see everything else that comes with it. And you go to probably the church that, well, we've had Jack Hayford on the program doing Majesty, and uh, that's your church, Church on the Way. In fact, for people who don't live in Los Angeles, I would say if someone's a believer and a musician and they are in the Hollywood community, that's their church. 90% of the musicians (laughs) that are believers will be going to Church on the Way. You had somebody come up to you at church, though, one day. Actually, I had a phone call from uh, someone who turned out to be a composer. Okay. And of course, I was totally green. I didn't know anybody in the field. And so I had been earnestly in prayer a couple of days prior to that. And so I just took this to be, you know, a, a sign from the Lord. His wife had heard me at church, and they were very gracious and invited me to their home for dinner. And when I found out what he did for a living, I just asked him and invited him to compose the music for a revelation. And so... <laughs> did that take his breath away when you asked well, him? Well, I, I think it did because, see, I never required him to play any of music that he had previously composed for any other kind of project. You didn't know his style. No, I didn't know his style. I didn't know what he's capable of, but I really felt the Lord was in it. You know what we should do? We should listen to a little more. In fact, for Haven listeners, it just gets better, so you need to listen. We on Haven today always point to Jesus Christ, and I'm thinking early on, you can't get away from chapters four and five without sensing the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Why don't we listen to that? Karen Heimbach from the Revelation. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. 
They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes, in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and to open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look said to me, Do not weep. See the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they said, 
Karen Heimbuck and the revelation with the London Symphony Orchestra. Karen, I hear that from chapters four and five, and I just want to skip to the end and say, come, Lord, come quickly. (laughs) That is a real blessing. Yes, it is. And uh, you can't take any credit for this, can you? Not at all. Because all you're doing is you're powerfully doing it, but you're just sharing the Word of God. A pure Word of God. Uh Uh-huh. You haven't taken one word out, and you haven't added a word to it. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. Can I just call you the Revelation Lady? (laughs) (laughs) You can call me whatever you want. (laughs) The Lord gave you this project. I do believe that. You had an intense interest in the book of Revelation. You've been a believer for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. So you recorded the whole book. And you're backed up by the London Symphony Orchestra at uh, the Abbey Road Studios. Essentially, what you did is you set the Word of God to music, didn't you? Yes, God provided me and surrounded me with people who knew what they were doing so it could come to this excellent level. A marvelous composer. Tell us a a little bit about the person that helped you with composing the music. I'm glad to do that. His name is Michael Harriton, Mm -hmm. and he also attends Church on the Way. And he and his wife had heard me. Terry had heard me before, but this was the Uh first time that Michael had heard me. One particular conference that Pastor Jack had been putting on at the time. Jack Hayford, who we had on the program before. It was a conference on spirit-filled living, I believe. And I had been in prayer regarding having a composer to come in and help me, because up to this point I had been using pre-existing music. Classical music. Correct. That you would then do the Book of Revelation over. Correct. Okay. And so I had really been seeking the Lord for help, that he would send me help. And it was like the next day or two, and I received this call from, from Michael. He was just very blessed. He invited me over to their house for dinner, and, and when I found mm-hmm. out that he was a composer, I just believe the Lord that he was to be the one to write the music for the revelation. So I asked him at dinner if he would Mm -hmm. consider doing Mm -hmm. that. And he said yes. Wow, my goodness. I think uh, for those who weren't listening to Haven Today yesterday, he was very sensitive uh, to the music, making the music fit the words of the book of Revelation. Yes, he was. And we talked about this yesterday. It said uh, in the book of Revelation that you should read the book. You should listen to the book, it even says. And then, of course, uh, there are other places in the Scripture, too, that say we should read the Word. Yes. Yes. Isaiah 55 says that, you know, there's not one word that comes from the Lord that doesn't return to Him without bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. It comes back Mm -hmm. full. And so we know that there's a blessing on all the Word. But Revelation, the book of Revelation, because it's not a revelation of the last days, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, that's what the first verse says. Sure, yes. So, I mean, that's why there's such great blessing on this particular book. Well, and you know, it's interesting. We live in a day when there are premillennials, some are dispensational, then there are pre-tribulation rapture people, there are post-tribulation rapture people, there are amillennials, there are postmillennials, and there are even preterists around today. It doesn't matter, does it? The book itself, the Word of God, has power, and it's sharp. That's right. It cuts deep when you hear it. You have to remember the 
original audience that this letter was addressed to, this book was addressed to, you know, first century church. Suffering Christians. Yes, exactly. And yes. I mean, they didn't have all these charts and, and whatever to follow through. And their only grid was the suffering that they were going through at the present time. Hmm. You know, that's the beautiful thing about God's Word. It just is so rich. And because it is living, it unfolds and unfolds and unfolds. Well, Karen, God's Word is just as important and alive for us today as yesterday. And it will be until Jesus returns. In the early chapters of the book of Revelation, there are words to seven churches that have meaning even now because they are in God's Word. So let's listen to chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the angel of the church in Pergamon write, These are the words of him who has a sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live. Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know 
your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now, I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give him morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will I leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven for my God. And I will also write on my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
the angel of the church in Laodicea write. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and truthless, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, but you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapters 2 and 3, The Revelation of Jesus Christ, Karen Heimbuck. Thank you. I don't know what else I can say. That is an amazing way to just present the pure, unadulterated Word of God, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, those of us, you grew up in the church, I grew up in the church, uh, we've all grown up with music, and there would be music underneath. But mm-hmm. it was interesting, something that you said yesterday on the program, it's better to have original music when you have the revelation, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, it has turned out to be that way so that you're not thinking of other words that go to familiar songs. A familiar hymn, you'd be thinking of the words of the hymn as exactly. opposed to the words of the scripture itself. Exactly. I believe God is going to use this in a very powerful way. He's already used it in my life, and uh, I believe he's going to use it in the lives of other people, too. Well, that's my prayer. I know you did this just a few weeks ago, uh, the completed version. You did it all at uh, your home church, Church on the Way. How long did it take? It took about 83 minutes. Okay. So a little less than an hour and a half mm-hmm. with the orchestration underneath them. Yes. And uh, I said this yesterday. You had a lot of Christian musicians and singers in Los Angeles, yes. including the Haven singers, helping you out as part of the backup, doing yes. the background vocals and the sound effects. If you could see God using this in any way, what would that be? How would you want the Lord to use this two-CD project of the book of Revelation? Well, I would love to see it just, first of all, be a blessing to the church because the book itself was originally written to the church. Yes. And then, of course, to the unbeliever 
to the what I would call not so much unbeliever, but yet to believe. Yes. <laughs> the uh-huh. one who is who is ripe for the gospel, the one who is now living and realizes that they're living in the last days. We're living post September eleventh mm-hmm. and there's a much greater awareness of, you know, things are not going to go on the way we've been used to them or can't live your life with your head in the sand anymore. You have to face what is the reality that is happening in the world around us. And people, I believe, are looking, some of them desperately looking for answers that make sense. And our future is in Jesus Christ. Exactly. If we're in Christ. Yes. Wow. Karen, before you go, can we listen to one more part? I have a favorite. May I suggest a favorite? Of course. Chapter 7 gets into Jesus again. Could we? Would you suggest that? Would that be all right That's to hear? a beautiful piece of music, yes. All right. Karen Heimbuck, the London Symphony Orchestra, Chapter 7 of The Revelation. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands.
for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Karen, that is a real blessing to hear. Even as Revelation 1 said it would be if we read or heard it aloud. Karen, thanks again for joining us here on the program. Charles, this has just been a delight for me to be with you here today again. Thank you so much for allowing me to just share my heart uh, on this wonderful uh, production. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I also want to give a special thanks to Karen Heimbuck for reintroducing us to the Bible's final book in a profound and meaningful way. You can learn more about her CDs on The Revelation by clicking the link in the show notes. And one more thing, if you want to learn more about what's happening in Ukraine from a gospel perspective, go to our website, haventoday.org, and read our Live Faith Updates blog. And while you're there, you can also find more conversations like this. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.